It's time to immerse yourself in the world of college football. ESPN 1000 has studied hard and has all the answers. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show. With Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Advanced degrees not required. Understanding the Wildcat? Essential. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. What's up and welcome in. This is Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black, I'm Jonathan Hood. This is week two of the college football season. Each week, we will build a bridge to Notre Dame football. And today, the Irish will take on Duke. That'll be a 12-30 pregame and a 1-30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. And here we are, Adam. Uh, it is so unusual that we will be watching college football today. It's going to be played despite the COVID-19 pandemic. Additionally, we will begin the college football season without the Big Ten and Pac-12. So as a college football fan, just like all three of us are, like, what are your thoughts? Because it just seems a little bit uneven. We're here, man. We're here, right? Like, we got, we got to this point. College game day's on. We're on. Like, I, I, I'm enjoying what we have and not trying to focus on what we don't have, right? Like, it sucks that the Big Ten's not playing. It sucks that at 11 o'clock I can't watch Northwestern in Maryland. Like, that's, you know, I, I love those, those rogue 11 o'clock ESPN2 games right. with Beth Moens on the call, right? <laughs> so, but, but to me also, yeah, but to me, like, it's also... <laughs> We have an ACC schedule. We have a Big 12 schedule. We have a, a an SEC schedule. We have games, and eventually, hopefully, we do get a Big a Big 10 schedule, maybe. You know, but I'm trying to focus on the slate that we have today. Yeah, it's weird, and there's not going to be fans, and bands are spaced out, and but the play on the field is still there. The storylines that we like to follow about the kids playing the game are still there. And that's what I'm, I'm focusing on and not the, well, it'd be great if Ohio State was playing today and it'd be great if, you know, if Oregon was playing. I could chase an Oregon game tonight. But, like, ultimately, there's a lot of games and there's a lot of action and you still have a bunch of good teams that are in the mix for a college football playoff that would still be there even if all of the conferences were still playing. You know, you make a good point because we saw Miami play the other night. So it's like, yes. College football can happen. It's not just the strange small schools that were playing last weekend. We have some actual teams who are on the schedule today. And also, how about this? Notre Dame, it's the first time in their 121 years as a football program. They will be a part of a conference. And their first conference game is today hosting Duke. So I think that's a big deal. And you're right, Abdallah. This is just the type of thing where we will go through this season appreciating what we have in front of us opposed to then looking at the Big Ten not participating, the Pac-12 not participating. But instead, let's look at the ACC. Who can win the ACC? Is Oklahoma the best team in the Big 12? Will Notre Dame, in a conference finally, be able to prove to everyone that, you know what, you all say the detractor comment of you're not in a conference. Well, now they're here in a conference. Can they win it? I th- I'm really excited for this football season. Well, you know, it, it, those storylines are true for September 12th, 
those storylines might change on October 12th, where we might be doing guys in a completely different show, like our normal show, where we have all mm-hmm. the Power Five conferences together. But, Chris, you know, the thing that was interesting at the time, you know that the Big Ten with Commissioner Warren, brand new to the job, was trying to be practical and looked at what was going on with COVID-19 and said, okay, maybe we should just shut everything down. Let's shut down our fall sports. And you know the Pac-12, the conference that you root for, it's like, okay, whatever you say, Big Ten, whatever, whatever you say. Because, <laughs> like, you know, because, you know, the yeah. big, the Pac-12 have no, has no teeth. Yeah, Larry so, Scott. So, what, so, yeah. What, so whatever the Big Ten says, the Pac-12 says, okay, you're right, you're right. Our, our Pac-12 network sucks. It's fine. No problem. So, that, you know, so, they, <laughs> so that's just kind of what it is, right? But maybe a month from now, we might see something. Now, we heard President Trump saying that he had a conversation with um, – with Commissioner Warren saying that, oh, we're at the one-yard line. Well, I mean, it's the longest yard that we've ever seen. Well, because, is it the one-yard line with 99 to go? Well, he didn't say. He just said we're at the one-yard okay. line, President right. Trump said. So, but but my, I guess the point is, is that as we continue to hear these storylines now, Chris, that it's a good possibility that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 could return just based on what's going on with the COVID-19 map. If the Big Ten was at the one-yard line, what would a Big Ten school traditionally do, right? You would line? No, 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 no. Get in that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Get in that goal line formation, and you pound that thing into the end zone, right? Well, you get some football. Well, well, you know that we've seen some different stories come out this morning, even that the uh, scientific side of things for the Big Ten and their studies that they've done over the last six weeks. Bruce Feldman has been on this this morning that they will be meeting and presenting to the chancellors of the Big Ten once again a final pitch whether or not college football can take place in the Big Ten. So I think if you are a fan of Big Ten football, there is still hope. Now, Jonathan, you made the good point that the Pac-12 goes whichever way the wind blows, right? That's right. And so if the Big Ten says they are committed to play, the Pac-12 has in the last couple weeks talked about the saliva test for COVID-19, rapid testing, and it seems as if they are ready to go if they have a partner to join back in with college football in the Big Ten. I don't understand why you have to sit around and wait for the Big Ten to say that you can actually accomplish football. I mean, maybe it has something to do with their pairing in the Rose Bowl, and they think that that's how they could figure it out. If they start a season later than everyone else, they could still point to the Rose Bowl as a spot to be a pseudo-national championship game. If you have a Pac-12 winner and a Big Ten winner, and then you can crown your own champion at some point. I don't know. I just think that the one thing we're going to look at as college football fans, and I think if you're a fan of schools that go to the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, is that it seems as if everyone is leaving the dock and you are sitting, looking, and watching everyone go away from you starting today. And I think there isn't a, a real good reason to why the Big Ten shouldn't be playing football today. Like, I get the concerns of COVID-19, but we are seeing sports all over the country accomplish playing safely within the COVID-19 pandemic. And we will see over the course of the next two weeks whether or not it was safe for the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC mm-hmm. to start college football. And if it is, the Big Ten, you're left out. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, I think that if you, you know, earlier today on College Game Day, Heather Dinich was reporting on this, and she was saying that they have, you know, out of the Big Ten, they had three uh, presidents say that they wanted to play, right? So this new presentation that's going to happen with new science and all that kind of stuff and how they can get to everyday testing and saliva testing like the Pac-12 is going to start. They need nine to say yes. It's not just a simple majority. You need nine. So you need to convince 
six other presidents that this is safe and this is going to happen. Now, whether it happens or not, and she also mentioned that the timeline would be to start a month from right around a month from right now. So you'd have that mid-October, late October. That would still put them in the mix for the college football playoff because I think that is their big push. Ryan Day of Ohio State released a statement earlier this week that he wants to play because he can win a national championship. Sure they he's can. The, he's yeah. legi- he's Probably the only coach in the Big 12, maybe Penn State, that can make that argument, that can say, we have a legitimate chance at making the college football playoff. And so they want to play. And also, that, like Chris said, that would then move the Pac-12 to say, all right, maybe we should try to get this going too. They're a little bit more restrictive with the um, with you know California and like the, the other states having more restrictions than some schools in the Big 10. But ultimately, you have to find a way uh to do this safely and it seems like so far there are games that are going to be canceled there are games that are going to be postponed there are games that you're going to see move and that's why the schedule as it's been laid out for the acc and the the big 12 and the sec allows for those games to be canceled and to be postponed and moved a few weeks there's no fans or there's limited fans in the stands you can travel still. That's why they set up the schedule this way. That's why every sport is trying to just survive and adapt. And so with the Big Ten, if you can play, then you should be playing, right? Like you yeah. should be. If you can play, if you can see, because like Chris said, the boat going away, the dude on the dock, Ryan Day just standing there like, why, why'd you leave me on the dock? Um, and because he's the one, he has the most to lose. Yeah, well, Because he wants to win a national championship. Well, if Ryan Day and the Big Ten doesn't want to come along, that's okay. That's why I got the AAC. They're on the back trying to say, hey, what about us? What about us? What about us? Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave us. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you on Chicago's College Tailgate. We're here with you every Saturday before Notre Dame football right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. If you're a college football fan, jump into our conversation because what is it like for you if you're a Big Ten fan or if you're a Pac-12 fan and your conference is not going on? Do you foresee the other conferences being part of the other three and some of the other smaller conferences as well? Let's get your thoughts on it. How does it feel for you as a college football fan here on this Saturday. 312-332-ESPN 332-3776 You can follow us on Twitter as well at ESPN1000CCT for Chicago's College Tailgate. In Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Rocky on ESPN1000 Chicago's College Tailgate. Hello, Rock. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing today? We're great. Good. Um, I, uh, I've been a Big Ten fan since I was a kid. I'm 63 years old. Uh, I'm an Ohio State fan, so this is really crushing me. But I I really believe that it's more money with them than anything else because they're not going to have the fans in the stands because of the COVID. And I really believe that that's their main concern. And I'm pretty much decided because I've got a lot of Notre Dame friends. Uh, I'm going to switch my alliances. I'm going to be a Notre Dame fan from now on. I'm, I'm just going to dump out of the Big Ten. Well, wait. So what, did you think Warren was too premature and calling it off? Absolutely. Absolutely so. I mean, I think they wanted to be a trendsetter on this thing. They thought everybody would follow them, and everybody didn't. And I was hoping that that would get them to reverse their course, but um, not so. And I'm I'm done. They bailed too quick. I'm done. OH no more. Yeah, apparently. I mean, <laughs> O-H-N-O. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, like, like, listen, I'm, I'm a USC fan. I am not bailing on SC because they are not partaking this season. But I, I understand Rocky's point. Like, it is disappointing 
to be an Ohio State fan, to have one of the best teams in the country, knowing you can't win anything this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if you had a regular season, I mean, this would be a great opportunity for Ohio State to lose, you know, in the Final Four game. Oh, I mean, look, it's yeah, a, it's so. a tale as old as time. Um, <laughs> well, at least the last four years or yeah, so. Without Urban. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's yeah. as old as the hills. Yes. And I, I think that, you know, <laughs> you're right. You do have that chance to, to win a national championship. But at the same time, like, think of, uh, like, Justin Fields is one of the most electric players in college football and we don't get to watch him play this year like where we might not get to see him until he's on an nfl team next year we go to kenosha wisconsin here's aaron with us on chicago's college tailgate on espn 1000 with jonathan adam and chris hey aaron hey what's going on guys what's going on aaron uh you know just a little frustrated uh, i'm a wisconsin fan a big 10 and a big college football fan and it's just it's really sad to not see my team go out there and compete for a championship because I think we're really close to competing with Ohio State and seeing who the successor to Jonathan Taylor is going to be and see how Jack Cohn can, you know, improve from last year because he played really well. So it's really sad to see. Hey, Aaron, Illinois would disagree with you. Illinois would disagree with you about Wisconsin, right? I mean, let's be honest. But I, but but you know, we all you know, Aaron, we all should be in a bar, right? We all today should be a live event. Mm-hmm. All the, this show, as we have done the last couple of years, should be at a bar. Uh, you know, people busting down the doors to watch their favorite college team, and we don't have that because of COVID nineteen. So it it does suck, right? Definitely, for sure. Was was Warren too premature, do you think, in calling off the season? I agree. That that, that makes no sense to call off the season, you know, three or four months early when things change every week, every two weeks, you know? All right, Aaron, I'm glad you checked in. appreciate your phone call. He leaves on open for you now, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number, reminding you that Notre Dame and Duke, it'll be a 12.30 pregame and a 1.30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. We'll take your phone calls coming up, and also the Irish and the ACC. <laughs> it's about time they are in a conference, right? More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Roll Tide. Need to get schooled on the latest in the world of college football? ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. You follow the show on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT. Pete Sampson, who covers the uh, Fighting Irish Like a Blanket for TheAthletic.com, will be with us coming up at 11 o'clock. And, of course, even though there isn't a lot of great games, we always give you uh, some gambling advice. Colin Wilson will stop by, and also we'll have our Saturday night specials. All part of the mix as we lead you into Notre Dame against Duke right here on ESPN1000. So there's many that look at Notre Dame now, guys. And believe that Notre Dame, now that they are in a conference in the ACC, that they can win the ACC. Here's David Pollock. They got a, a ton of talent coming back. Obviously, Ian Book, the offensive line, they're physical. This is the team that, that can 100%. They could win the ACC, and they could challenge Clemson. Maybe even play Clemson multiple times this season and, and see how they could do in a, in a rematch situation and, um, and just push them just like North Carolina did a year ago. Irish coach Brian Kelly's concern. My concerns would be, 
like they have been for 30 years. Um, how's your team going to respond when it's now game day? How do they handle the, you know, the going from practice to competitive uh, mindset? You know, uh, look, this team had no spring practice. Um, you know, we've gotten in 20, 20, two of our 25 practices, you know, so we didn't get our 25 in. So there are so many other factors uh, when, when you put COVID in here that are different than any other opener that I've ever experienced. So thoughts there from Brian Kelly, Adam. So this is something that's been going on for generations. Hey, when is Notre Dame going to get into a conference? So Notre Dame is now part of the ACC mix. Uh, and that means they have to split up some of that Tariqo NBC money with the rest of the ACC. Uh, so which is, <laughs> which will be very interesting to see. So, so let's take a look at the schedule. What are your thoughts now as the Irish are now part of the ACC? This couldn't be a worse time to join the ACC. If you're Notre Dame, because Look, they have a very manageable schedule. You know, they they have to go to North Carolina towards the end of the season, but that big one, November 7th, against Clemson, and Clemson, it's at Notre Dame, but we all think, I think we can all agree, that Clemson is better than Notre Dame. No question. Year. And so because of that, let's say no, Clemson beats Notre Dame. You're like, okay, well, a one-loss Notre Dame, normally, because the college football committee loves Notre Dame, we all know that, so they would be in a playoff because they don't play a, a championship game. You have one loss. It's to the best team in the country. You get into that playoff, right? Because if we don't have the Big, t- if we don't have the, the Big Ten, we don't have the Pac-12. The problem here is they now have to play in a championship game. So they're going to get Clemson in that championship game. So that's two losses. And that's two losses to a team you would probably face in the college football playoff. So that, in and of itself, is a playoff game to get into the playoff. So, No. You're not going to make the playoff this year because well, it's to me, it's 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 a simple schedule for for Notre Dame. They're going to be good this year. Yeah, they're going to have one loss going into the quote postseason. And then they have their playoff game against Clemson. And then you're out. No trip ups. Right. You don't think like Georgia Tech, Boston no. College. Uh-uh. Always no. a tough game. You, now the ball, you, well, no, no, We no, just no, say no, every no, year no, about no, Boston no, College. No, Watch no, out no, now. No, new coaching staff, though. Not I understand so fast, it. my friend. No, no coaching staff. I he, get it. Look, well, I, I love Mac Brown. And I love uh, Matt, who? Mac Brown. Who? Mac Brown. Who? Mac Brown. Who? <laughs> Chris. Um, but I, I, I would love to see North. Go there. I would love see. I would love to see North. I would love to see North Carolina just go in there and beat Notre Dame and beat Clemson and and. But I just I don't think that they're there yet. I think they're going to be good this year. But no, I don't see any trip ups on the schedule except for November seventh and Clemson. Here is why. If you want to make the case to why it is actually worse off for Notre Dame to be a part of the ACC this season, it's because you can make the argument the schedule is softer without the teams Mm -hmm. from around the country that Notre Dame can cherry pick and add to their schedule to to make it more impressive to the college football committee. There's no Michigan on here. There's no Michigan. There is no USC. There is no Stanford, right? Those are all good wins for Notre Dame that they can pad their resume with. To Abdallah's point, yeah, you're right. When you look at the schedule at the moment until we see what the ACC actually is this year, it's the softest of the Power Fives, right? Like it's Clemson, maybe a little North Carolina, and now Notre Dame. Like everyone else, first-year coach in Miami, same with Florida State. Vitek is pretty good. We'll see what Fuentes has to, to offer in another rebuilding year there with the Hokies. So, I mean, like, like there's not a whole lot to the ACC, and now Notre Dame has a full schedule of it 
to Abdallah's point also, when looking at Clemson, that's going to be the tough game. But has Clemson always played well in big spots in the regular season? It seems like the last couple of years we've said, hey, the ACC isn't as good as you think. Should Clemson and their undefeated schedule be in the playoff? Like that was a conversation we were having last year because right. they didn't look impressive beating the teams that they should beat in the ACC. So I th- that's a tough game for Clemson to go to South Bend. Also, for the Fighting Irish, they're going to have 15,000 people in the stadium today. So they're going to have fans throughout the season there in South Bend cheering on the Irish. There will be fans there against Clemson. It will be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, make sure that you follow along on Twitter as well at ESPN 1000 CCT. The Irish 33-6 and six the past three seasons. This is the best three-year run since Lou Holtz back in 91 through 93. Just remember those, those three games that matter, right? It's the Miami loss in 2017, the loss against Clemson and against Michigan. Uh, you, those three games stand out so much to me when it comes to Notre Dame. They've got to be able to win the big game. if they take, When they take on Clemson, when they take on Clemson, that also will be a big game for the Irish as well. In Park Ridge, here's Justin on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. Hi, Justin. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy uh, college football Saturday. I'm glad we got this going. Um, anxious, anxious to see how Notre Dame does play in the ACC, but my question is about uh, some of the lesser conferences, the Mountain West, out West, kind of pe- trying to potentially pair up with the Pac-12 and then the MAC here with the Big Ten. What's preventing that from happening? Why are we, not us, but why would you guys suspect that the Pac-12 and Big Ten are waiting on each other? Why can't they reach an agreement with some of the lesser conferences? thereby kind of scratching each other's back, giving everybody a full slate and maybe giving these lesser conferences some money to play their games. I'm a big uh, San Diego State fan, so upset I'm not going to see them. I'll take uh, the answer off the air. Thanks, All right, guys. thank you. What do you think, uh that's your, that's your area of expertise, well, Chris. So, like, the, the reason why these schedules have been pared down is because then the conferences can control their own testing protocols before these matchups. That's why they don't want the interconference mingling that we usually see, especially days like today in college football. We'd have all kinds of great matchups from around conferences around college football. So, like, why don't they match up and give the – the, the amount of games like I don't think the bigger conferences need the smaller conferences, no. you know, the Mountain West and the Mac, like the Big Ten, if they choose to play, they'll just play. And they've already put out the schedule before they canceled the season. Mm-hmm. They put out a schedule that was enough games to qualify and it's just playing teams within the conference. They don't need the small guys. And I think if you're going to bring it up to money, that's why the Big Ten and Pac-12 both need to play at some point. Because think about the, the ramifications on the back end if you don't have the money from college football. How many people in athletic departments, how many uh, different sports get eliminated if you don't have that football money? It, it's not going to be a pretty sight. We'll keep you abreast of the 11 o'clock kicks. They're just getting underway. We will have college football for week number two, so we'll keep you abreast of those scores. Also, we'll take you to South Bend. How good are the Irish? Can they be in the Final Four this year? Find out next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black. Jonathan Hood with you. Yeah, we are back. Year three of CCT. So glad you're with us. If you're a college football fan, this is the spot before Notre Dame football. Two hours before every Notre Dame game, Notre Dame takes on Duke. 12.30 pregame, 1.30 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. Please be joined by friend of the program, Pete Sampson from TheAthletic.com. He joins us here as we get ready for college football in South Bend. Pete, Jonathan, Adam, and Chris, thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks for uh, having me. Good to be back and actually talking about a game that I am about to cover. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, we're, we're, all three of us are uh, kicking ourselves like, wow, you know, we do have college football to talk about. So what is it from your standpoint when you found out that, indeed, it will be Notre Dame uh, having an ACC schedule, being part of that conference? What was your initial reaction to that news? Uh, I mean, I thought it made a lot of sense. I was, I thought it was a pretty smart decision on both the league's part and Notre Dame's part to just sort of go all in for the year. You know, this isn't a situation where I think you have to look at it. It's like, well, a precedent has been set. I mean, there, there are no precedents tucked within this season that's going to just be so weird. So, I mean, I think it just made a lot of sense uh, on both for, from both parties in terms of Notre Dame having a schedule and the ACC getting a little bit uh, extra cachet for this fall. How have the practices looked? How many practices have they been able to have? How's the contact been? You know, we saw with uh, Navy and BYU, the the lack of practice and, and contact in practice really led to a debacle of a game. Is there any concern that Notre Dame won't be ready to play this game? You know, some concern. Um, they got 22 of 25 practices. They, they allowed no media access, so I can't sit here and tell you I, I saw them tackle. Um, but they have said that they feel like they have tackled enough. Uh, but still, it's it's just very strange. I, I don't know what we're going to see once the game kicks off, but it's not like they had half their training camp short-circuited. So they they should have got enough in. And they, they have not had – they've had 12 positive tests since the players came back in June. Um, so it's, they're in a pretty stable situation unless they had a, a flare-up last night in their, their final round of testing on Friday. The Fighting Irish were 13th in the country in scoring offense last season. Uh, they returned their quarterback, the senior Ian Book. What should we expect from the offense and Book specifically in this season? I am, I'm curious to see how it looks with Tommy Reese as the, the OC now. Um, you know, they're, they're so experienced up front, uh, both the offensive line, five starters back, and Book is a third-year starter. And that the skill positions are, are not. And their tight end should be good, but I, I have a lot of questions about running back and receiver. They could be good because they have a lot of young players, but I don't know if they're going to be good necessarily today. So is it more of a, a smash-mouth offense that just sort of tries to bludgeon Duke? I, I think that's probably the way they're going to go today. I just don't think that what we see today from Notre Dame's offense necessarily is going to be indicative of who they are the rest of the season. I, I think this offense is going to have a lot of room for growth during the year. Pete Sampson covers the Irish for TheAthletic.com. Joining Jonathan Adam and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I guess, Pete, I, if I'm an Irish fan, I'm concerned about the defense. You've got you know Kareem, Okwara, as well as Jones. Those proven pass rushers are gone. That was a lot of uh, production there with their 14 sacks combined. So what, what do they do to try to replace that production defensively on the line? No, it's it's a good question. They they have to find something from their second wave of defensive linemen. 
uh, this year to, to be effective. You know, it wasn't just that they were talented last year. They were deep. Um, they're going to be less talented, but they could still be deep. But that requires some of the younger players to step up, whether that's Ovi Agofo who's a junior defensive end or Isaiah Foskey is a sophomore defensive end. And then you have to figure out how you can get Kyle Hamilton, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, the safety and a linebacker. Can they get involved in the pass rush some way? I don't, I don't think they're going to rely as much on we're just going to beat you one-on-one off the edge because Kareem and Okwara could do that. I think, you know, Ade Ogandeja is a fifth-year senior. I think he has some of that ability, but um, they're not nearly as blessed with uh, a defensive line talent as they were last year. It seems like looking at the Notre Dame schedule that we're just counting down to November 7th against Clemson. <laughs> what, are, what are the realistic expectations for this team? Well, it's true. I mean, come Wait on. A no, come on. We're going to have to before, before the game. the game today. No, no, no. We talked, look, we talked about it earlier. Come we, on, Adam. We talked about it earlier how, yes, hell? Notre Dame oh, did man. align themselves with the ACC and they have an ACC schedule. But ultimately, that makes their schedule a lot easier because they don't have the USC's. They don't have yeah. the Michigan's. They don't have the Georgia's that they've faced in the past. They have the ACC and involved in the ACC is Clemson. And that's really probably the only threat on their schedule. How does, how does the, the fan base feel? How do you guys feel about that going into this season? I mean, that's, that's the ultimate marker for this team. Cause they've, you know, they've been close against Georgia twice. They got smoked by Clemson in the playoff. Um, you know, they were close at Clemson in 2015. They almost take, took out number one Florida state in 2014. So they have not gotten over the hump with that kind of game. Um, so that that's the big marker. If we're just talking football and we ignore everything else that's going on, how Notre Dame fares against Clemson, maybe twice, because they could get them in Charlotte in the ACC championship game, that's going to, I think, really color the way people feel about this season and, and probably color the way people feel about Ian Book. If you're a quarterback, you get measured on, did you really come through in those kind of spots? Uh, the top three pass catchers for the Irish offense are uh, no longer with the team. Claypool in the NFL, Komet with the Chicago Bears. Uh, who should we look at as far as weapons for Ian Book to kind of step into those roles this season for the Irish? You know, for today, um, because their their number one receiver is out with a broken foot, um, they have a grad transfer from Northwestern named Bennett Skoranek that they, they think is going to be very productive you know, is he going to get? Is he going to beat Clemson for you? Probably not. Um, but can he really be a difference maker against Duke, Wake Forest, and South Florida this month? Yeah. So that that's definitely one guy to watch. There are three freshmen um, that are incredibly talented that they're expecting big things from this year. Maybe not all at the same time, but Chris Tyree is a running back, can flare out of the backfield, catch the ball. Uh, incredibly fast, as fast as Notre Dame has had at run, running back in a long time. Um, I'm very excited to see him play today, but the receiver position is just, it's a bit of a rebuild there. So Ben Skronik's won, Braden Lindsay is back, a uh, big speed player on the outside, scored some big touchdowns last year against USC and Stanford. Um, but it's just, they don't have, there's no Floyd, there's no Tate, um, there's no Will Fuller uh, in this group, so I think they're going to have to be a little bit more creative at that position. Chicago's college tailgate, Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with Pete Sampson from TheAthletic.com on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Last thing, Pete, and we appreciate your time. We want to get your thoughts on Brian Kelly. We just went through the last three years and talked about their 33-6 and six stat. I remember when Kelly first came to the job, it was a red-faced Kelly, and it kind of reminded us a little of Cincinnati Kelly. How do you think that he's been able to move forward, the ebb and flow of his time at Notre Dame and being comfortable in position? 
I think that he's, you know, comfortable is probably the best way to put it. Um, I think that he's settled into the job. Um, you know, when he got here, he was here to change Notre Dame because Notre Dame football was screwed up and broken. Um, but I think over time, you know, he's sort of been changed by Notre Dame itself, where he has sort of embraced some of the, I would say, you know, limitations with, um, you know, admissions or, you know, residentiality of, uh, you know, the football players living in dorms, things like that. Like, I think he really fought a lot of that stuff when he got here, and now he's embracing it. So I, I think you're seeing a much more comfortable in his own skin head coach. Uh, and I think that he's evolved. Like, he, you don't reach kids by turning your face red and purple anymore. I mean, that just that doesn't get it done here. So I think he figured that out, especially after 2016. Um, I think there was, you know, kind of a, that was a humbling experience for him. And I give him credit because he's been at this a long time. I think it's hard to change in year 27, 28, 29, and 30, but he's figured out a way to do that. Pete, as always, we appreciate your time here on a College Football Saturday. Hope to talk to you very soon. Hope so. Thanks, guys. Pete Sampson from TheAthletic.com joining us live from South Bend as the Irish get ready to take on Duke. A 12.30 pregame, one thirty kick right here on the home of the Irish, ESPN 1000. You know, a lot of Irish fans are looking at Ian Book in his senior season and seeing what he can do, especially against ACC opponents. Uh, 34 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, but we've seen in some of the bigger spots for Notre Dame, including that Michigan loss that we saw last season, at times, even though he is a very successful quarterback and, and Notre Dame has won a lot of games over the course of the last couple of years, can Book take it to another level offensively, protect the football, and be an elite quarterback in college football, maybe get his name in the Heisman conversation this season? I think that's a question that's out there for fighting Irish fans. It's going to be about his weapons. And, you know, as Pete mentioned, you know, you lost a lot of pass catchers, you know, especially with Cole Komet, his safety blanket coming here to the, the Bears and being drafted by the Bears. It's going to be a matter of whether those guys can perform. They have they had one of the best receiver recruiting classes when they got all these juniors to come in as freshmen a few years ago. And now you have to see the, that fruit come to bear and you hope that they can be a high-flying offense because there's going to be some questions on defense. But ultimately, if you can score enough points and you can run it up on these schools who don't have good defenses, you should be okay. Here, here's the stat for you guys with ACC schools because Notre Dame has played a lot of ACC schools sure. the last couple of years. Yeah. They went 5-0 and last year against the ACC. They went 6-2 and against others. Book, though, against the ACC had 10 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, 10 sacks, and only 16 20-plus yard completions. Against all other schools last season, he was 24-2. and two. He had four sacks and 39 20-plus yard plays. Mm-hmm. So, like, last year the ACC gave, gave Book some issues. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting only in ACC schedule how he kind of manages that. We've heard from fans of uh, teams from all across the country, but we have not heard from Notre Dame fans. So if you're going to go to the game or you're going to watch – Notre Dame against Duke. What about you, Notre Dame? You're in a conference. How do you feel as a Notre Dame fan? 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. Charlie's in Homewood on uh, Chicago's College Tailgate with Jonathan, Adam, and Chris. Hello, Charlie. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good, good. Yeah, the point I was going to make was that I think possibly the uh, commissioners of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 Maybe they forget about the motivation of the players. And, uh, you know, unlike a regular student, well, they get COVID and they don't play. Uh, a regular student 
not so much worried. You know, they'll go to parties and stuff like that. But a player, they're getting hit on by their assistant coaches and the coach all the time. Well, hope you know, you get COVID, you're not going to play. And so they're much more motivated to do the right thing, you know, to wear the mask, to wash their hands, stay away from parties and stuff like that. And I think that's probably what you'll see for most of the teams that play. So, uh, you know, I wasn't initially for Notre Dame playing because I know, you know, it was like reported that the students there were, you know, getting COVID and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I see, I think the players are a lot more motivated to, do the right thing well certainly the the coaches are i heard on game day i don't know if you guys heard as well like they had uh, reese davis talked to a number of coaches from across the country yeah like mm-hmm. james franklin was you can insert um our players with me because the, the coaches yeah. more so than anything else are ready because mm-hmm. they are a creature of habit even more so than the players they look at a whole season they got it planned out to the second and because of covid 19 it disrupts the flow the ebb and flow of exactly what they want to do so every time james franklin is like you know our players are ready to play our players are just uh, ch- champing at the bit it's like no you are you you as a head coach mm-hmm. no you are ready because you're used to being able to go through what you go through to get ready for a season the players is like am i are we safe or not and we know that's the case because for the first time in college athletics Guys, I don't know about you, but when we saw the Pac-12 and the Big Ten players come together, which is a major storyline in 2020, mm-hmm. when those guys came together and just like, well, are, we got to make sure that we're safe, and, uh, along with the social issues as well for, yeah. for one conference. But when you have players like, you know, kind of balking at this, like, wait, 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 you want us to play? Are we sure we're safe? Never heard college players in abundance talk like that before. No, but I, I also think to the point of the caller that, you know, and, and Nick Saban has talked about this a lot, that the players are safer when they're going through football activities, where they're going through baseball, act- whatever the sport there is. The student athlete is safer on campus than not on campus because, yes, they're, they're taking it more seriously because they're working for something. But also at the same time, they're getting tested regularly. Yeah. Like these football players are getting tested regularly. If, if I'm going to class and I'm not a student athlete, I'm only going to take a test. Like, I took an intake test to get on campus, but then I'm only going to get tested if I don't feel well or if I, you know. Yeah. Like, they're doing temperature checks as you go places, but to go, t- unless you, you spike a fever or something like that, they're not doing these regular testings. Whereas the student athletes, the football players, whatever, as long as they're doing sp- activities related to their sport, they're getting tested a few times a week. And that way you can kind of control what you, what, what these, uh, the exposure that these kids have. I've always thought that, you know, why can't you play and you do something where not necessarily you put them in a bubble, but you have enough dorm space where you could put all the football players in a dorm. You could put all the student athletes in a dorm, so they're kind of not in a bubble, but like they're they're in their own living bubble. Uh, and still to come, we'll give you an opportunity to win some money because uh, we get have a couple opportunities for you as we give our picks for week two of the college football season. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. If you're a college football fan, we do this every Saturday during the college football season. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. want to hear your thoughts about no Pac-12 and no Big Ten. How odd is that for you as a college football fan or college football supporter? Uh, and also, we'll talk a little bit about some of the games that are taking place. A couple of games, and we got a score in North Carolina. Oh, boy. Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. This 
This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the all-new ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show with Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN 1000 CCT, ESPN 1000 CCT. Chris, you mentioned, um, and by the way, we do have a score, North Carolina leading Syracuse by a score of 7 nothing in the ACC battle, really one of the better games of this week, too. Uh, people on Twitch uh, commenting on some of our conversation regarding the college football season. Uh, yeah, so... Uh my uh, my chat refreshed. Abdallah, do you have the the full chat there on Twitch? I, I lost connection. I do have the full so chat. Uh, West not. Coast bias wants to yeah. know when UCLA is playing oh, uh, they're next, not. next year. Um, <laughs> Shout out. He to also him. wants to says Notre Dame will lose to Virginia this year. Yeah, he believes that they will that they will lose another game besides Clemson. Yeah, we were looking for the upset if there is an upset for for the Irish, and you say that they will run the table right through Clemson. He also wants to know if Ryan Pace has found out what kind of car Sam Howell drives. There, there was a good comment earlier about the Big Ten and testing and how they could figure it out within the next couple of weeks and hopefully play. I think the Big Ten will try and play, but we'll wait and see if other leagues are successful because of COVID. Today, there will already be a couple games canceled. That's from Johnny Vegas. So a wait-and-see approach, right? See yeah. what takes place this weekend. Yeah. If everyone kind of gets through this weekend COVID-19 free, Maybe the Big Ten within the next seven days says, okay, we'll figure something out and we'll start playing in October. Uh, But, Jonathan, if you want to watch on Twitch, our channel is ESPN 1000 Chicago. The Twitch chat is hopping here on a Saturday morning. Join. 312. Join us. Join us. Join us. Or the chat. Us, the fun, something. Chat, the chat. Odd period on that Oh, now he's doing the bit now. He's doing see, the 68 bit. There welcome. we go. See? Three, no, no uh, three, one, <laughs> Show one. You're starting this already, right? Starting already. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our telephone number. In Schaumburg, here's Joe on ESPN 1000 for CCT. Hi, Joe. Hey, guys. Good morning. What's up, Joe? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me on. Uh, hey, first of all, I wanted to congratulate you guys on the new time slots, the shows, and things like that. You guys are putting out really good content and, and enjoying it. So congratulations, guys. Thank Thanks you. Um, uh, big Notre Dame fan here. Who do you want on some calls? Um, the, the big emphasis for me is you guys were talking about big plays in the offense and things like that. But when the, when the Irish play these lower-end teams, historically they've been able to handle them on the line of scrimmage. You know, they've had Zach Martin, Quentin Nelson, Ronnie Stanley, McGlinchey. But what worries me is when we get into these games against, like, Clemson and they have NFL talent on the, uh, on the defensive line and their offensive line. So that's what really worries me when we get into those big games. But I'm expecting a good season up until we get to that Clemson game. Yeah, and the, the big question is, like, so if that's the only loss, if that's the only stumbling block for Notre Dame, you got the championship game, more than likely Notre Dame would face Clemson again. A two-loss Notre Dame team can't get into the Final Four. No, because here's the problem. Even under these conditions. Well, under these conditions, too, because you have the SEC playing an SEC schedule, right? The SEC is just playing themselves. So you might get Clemson, a Big 12 team, 
and then two ACC team or two SEC teams in the college football playoff. I know that's a long way away from right now, and who knows? The Big Ten could start playing, and the Pac-12 could start playing. But ultimately, it's going to be a, a an SEC heavy college football playoff once again. To Joe's point, though, you you're Abdullah, you're sleeping on North Carolina here, I'm not and this is why. On North Carolina. Hold on to Joe's point. When you face talent that could get to the NFL, especially on the lines. Did you guys see what Mac Brown did in recruiting for this season? Mm-hmm. In the recruiting rankings on ESPN.com for the 2021 class, so this next class, North Carolina is the seventh team in the country. If we go back to the 2020 class that we saw, Mac Brown had North Carolina at the 16th recruiting class on ESPN.com. So, you know, I think the concerns for Notre Dame fans are valid that it may not just be Clemson that you have to worry about because Mac Brown is bringing in top-level college football talent to Chapel Hill. Yeah. Like, they, they are going to have some studs on that team, on the lines and, and positional players that are going to get to the NFL. Yeah. Mac Brown's that good of a recruiter. Well, Mac Brown uh, knows this is going to be his more than likely his last run, so he's trying to make it count. He has expectations for his team. I want us to be ready to play and play great just so we can figure out who we are, and then we can go from there. And I'll, and if we don't play well Saturday, everybody will be saying we were overhyped. If we play well Saturday, everybody will say, yeah, we knew they were going to be good. Uh, but I've told our guys that scenario changes very quickly with a poor performance. So you need to play well instead of just bragging on yourself all the time. Yeah, North Carolina leading Syracuse 7 nothing in the first. Well, look, I, I'll, I, maybe I'm sleeping on them now. There's a long way between now and November 27th. But, but, but to Joe's point, his point is when you face top-level talent mm-hmm. and guys who will get to the NFL, like North Carolina is in that conversation now because Mac Brown is recruiting that well. well you know that's North, what he's doing. You know who North Carolina doesn't play this year? Who don't they play? Clemson. Syracuse head coach Dino Baber is already making excuses. You know, you can get into the, uh, the surprises, as you say, some of the things that you can do That's to give you. yourself a real big advantage. You can do that when you have a found, a found, a fabulous base because you feel so good about the Foundation. crossing the T's and dotting the I's. I just think it's one of those years where you need to worry about you. Uh, you need to, you better get your base right, and you're so far behind with spring ball and the things that happen during one of days right. that uh, you really don't have a whole bunch of time to do that special wrinkle that may be able some may be able to be something that you can do for a long period of time during the game and have success i think you need to worry about who you are and then let the ball bounce the way it bounces well uh tyler who represents syracuse here on the show uh it's one thing for sure i can always depend on what babers uh excuses before the season as well as him eating pizza uh during the the college round table for the national championship game on espn plus he's always there with the pizza pizza. Uh, what are you not gonna eat it i understand that but i mean my god man why they order it if they don't want you to eat it (laughs) i want some analysis put it down just for a minute let me get some analysis tyler if you think matt Nagy's word salad Listen to a Dino Babers press conference. I remember when I was in school, I asked him a question one time. It was about like, okay, it was actually against North Carolina. Did you hear that humble brag? Did you hear that? Did you catch that? That's what they do. When I was at school and I talked to Dino Babers. Yeah, yeah okay. It was no, a press okay. conference. But I asked him a East question. East Coast media elite. Exactly. I asked him a question and he went on this long tangent about some guy who goes missing in a cave or something like that. Like, that's what he does. That's what he does. Um, I got it. Can we give a shout out to Dino Babers, though? Because I, I appreciate the audible 
when he couldn't find foundation, he just switched to a different word. Face. Like that, like, <laughs> that was great. I love it. Like I pull, I pull that move all the time. I've got a thought. I, I have no idea what the word is. So let's just go with something much simpler. Boom. Base. <laughs> you, know, you can get into the, found. Uh, the surprises as you say some of the things that you can do to give yourself a real big advantage. You can do that when you have a found a found. A fabulous base. <laughs> fabulous base. Fabulous base. How about that audible I've seen on the a few line. fabulous bases in my day. <laughs> yeah, I have too. You go, go into a bar and you say, you know, Adam, she has a fabulous, fabulous base. base. That's absolutely More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Immerse yourself in the world of college football. Now, back to more ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Adam and Chris with you. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT, reminding you that we are the home of the Irish. It'll be Notre Dame against Duke. That is a 12.30 pregame, one thirty kick right here on ESPN1000. We're going to hear from Colin Wilson from the Action Network in just a moment. But first, the CCT scoreboard. The CCT scoreboard on ESPN1000. And here's Chris Black. Chris. Oh, baby, it's the first one of the year. How about this? Uh, North Carolina up 7-0 on Syracuse with 3.05 left in the first quarter in that contest. Louisiana just missed a field goal, mm-hmm. and it is 0-0. Louisiana and Iowa State early in the second quarter. Appalachian State losing to Charlotte 7-0 with 4.30 left in the first quarter of that contest. West Virginia is up big, 14-0 on Eastern Kentucky in the first quarter. Kansas State and Arkansas State closer than the experts think. Kansas State, that guy, that game is tied at 7 in the first quarter. Those are the active scores here on the college football uh, scoreboard on CCT. How about that? The first one. Let's celebrate, guys. Woohoo. We will right. by going to the Action Network and say hello to Colin Wilson as we try to figure out uh, some gambling plays for week two of this college football season. Colin, it is Jonathan, Adam, and Chris. Welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we got five games going on concurrently, uh, trying to manage the COVID news, trying to manage everything going on here. Uh, college football is back, and it's wild as ever. It is. I, I want to get your philosophy, whether it's college or pro, we knew that in a lot of these places that there were not there's not going to be fans or very few fans. Is that ever a factor for you when you are gambling, realizing, especially in, like in the NFL, mm-hmm. there's there are no fans and a lot of players need that home field advantage or those fans against them. So how do you look at that game by game? Yeah, it's, it's different, uh, I think, for college and for NFL. NFL, they're pros. Uh, there's really not a lot that can kind of shake them. Uh, you know, crowds don't really – influence the games as much i would say games that are in denver or sometimes when they have games down in mexico city uh there is a home field advantage for teams that are used to the altitude so you know when the broncos play you know week one and week two generally teams have problems covering up there because they're not used to the altitude and you know mexico city is even higher so i think there was a time where the patriots went to mile high and played the next week they played mexico city but they were used to the altitude as far as college football goes it's 
it really varies by team. I know I have a wild range from zero up to five on home field advantage, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, is the crowd on top of you? Are you going to be able to get your signals in? Uh, right now, you can hear everything that's on the field. I mean, uh, you know, at that BYU-Navy uh, game the other night, you, there was boom mics on the field, and you could hear every offensive play and every defensive audible. So, um, you know, it, it just fluctuates. It depends on the team. But with, with no crowd there whatsoever, I think it neutralizes home field a lot. You can hear Duke and Notre Dame right here on ESPN 1000 later on this afternoon. In that contest, Colin, uh, the Fighting Irish are favored by 21.5 points. The over-under, I'm seeing 53.5. How should we play this contest? Yeah, I played it under. I know it's come down a lot. I played it at 54.5. It's down to 51.5 at a lot of books. And, I, you know, I, I played it because of the fact that Duke has such an influx of transfers, uh, all new wide receivers, new quarterback Chase Bryce from coming in from Clemson, three offensive linemen are transfers into the program. And David Cutcliffe took over the play calling roles. First time he's going to call plays since 2007, he's going up against the Notre Dame defense led by one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Uh, I expect, you know, minimal points out of Duke and they're going to try to rush the ball. So maybe a slow grinding game. And then if you look on the other side, Ian Book lost his top three targets last year, 242 targets missing on this team. He's got to get familiar with some of his new weapons on the outside. This is the best offensive line in college football, so I expect Notre Dame to run the ball and have success with it, and I expect Duke to try to run the ball, so I like the under here. How are you approaching some of these big spreads after, you know, teams have missed practices? You know, some of them haven't been tackling very much in these practices to avoid contact. You've got Clemson, a big favorite. Oklahoma is a big favorite. Texas is a big favorite. Texas Tech is a big favorite. How do you approach these? Normally, I just put them in a teaser and set it and forget it and hope for the best. But (laughs) how are you approaching some of these big favorites for this first week of ACC and uh, Big 12 play? Yeah, for me, it really depends on how many spring practices they had, how much full contact practice they've had. If you look at Navy last Monday night, they had zero, zero contact practices. They were tackling dummies, tackling tires. They were not tackling each other, and it showed when BYU absolutely just steamrolled them. So when you see spreads this big, you need to find out if there's a level of continuity on the team. Uh, you know, has there been a lot of spring practices? Uh, you look at some teams like, you know, West Virginia never had a spring practice. Kansas State hasn't had a spring practice. Western Kentucky hasn't had a spring practice. So I really, it's, it's how physical did they get and did they have time to learn a new scheme if it's there. You know, with Clemson, for example, uh, you know, no new schemes, but, you know, they, they have four new offensive linemen and Trevor Lawrence lost all of his weapons on the outside as far as T. Higgins being a Cincinnati Bengal and Justin Ross being injured for the year. Colin Wilson from the Action Network. Go to actionnetwork.com as we have our conversation. Colin joins us here on Chicago's College Tailgate with Jonathan Adam and Chris on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Is there a, an underdog that are that you are really interested in uh, today that really stood out for you for week two? I do like South Alabama. They, uh, I know they beat Southern Miss, got Southern Miss's coach fired, so you got to get a feather in your cap for getting a coach fired uh, on week one of football, but... South Alabama actually had a very, very decent box score uh, in the success rate, the explosiveness department, their quarterback, Trotter. Uh, they make may, may, they may make some noise in the Sun Belt. Tulane only returns like 25% of their offense. They lost their star quarterback, and they're going on the road. Uh, I think it's a great spot for South Alabama at home as a 10.5-point dog. You're big into the uh, live betting as well. Is there anything that you're looking at right now 
uh, as these games going on. You know, UNC, this uh, just going to the end of the first quarter. Louisiana Lafayette, now, uh, Iowa State tied in the second quarter. Anything you're looking at to bet live right now? Because a lot of people in Chicago and Illinois now actually have the ability to live bet now with all of these apps popping that's, up this year for the first right. time. That's right. Yeah, and I thought that the app, I thought the App State Charlotte line was spot on. I had it sixteen and a half, and it closed at uh, seventeen, sixteen and a half, most everywhere. So if Charlotte can get another score up on the board, I know we just ended the first quarter and Charlotte's up seven to zero. You're going to get a discount on App State, so if you can get them below ten, that would be something live that I'm looking at. Uh, another one is Kansas State, Arkansas State. I think you know Arkansas State is missing their entire defense. If you saw the updated roster that came out. Uh, COVID hit them really hard. The entire defense is missing. And remember, keep in mind that Kansas State had zero spring practices, and they didn't you know, really go full pads on a lot of their August practices. So I think it's going to take a half for Kansas State's offense to get going. Eventually, they will get going and take advantage of a very small and inexperienced second-string Arkansas State defense. So I think the scoring is going to pick up in the second half, and I think Kansas State's going to take over at some point. What do you think of the contest Georgia Tech at Florida State? The line is 12. How should we play that one? That's where I had the line was at 12, so it really was a no play to me. It looks like some books are ticking up closer to 13.5 here, and uh, all the ticket count is on Florida State, but most of the money looks like the sharp money is all on Georgia Tech, and really they returned about 90% of a defense that was you know improved on defense last year as much as you can be for Georgia Tech. They were feisty last year. They beat Miami. They covered a whole bunch of games they shouldn't have. Uh, all those players there bought into that program, and I'm not trusting Florida State with one penny until I see better, improved offensive line play, which has been just atrocious the last two years. Can you go to actionnetwork.com and find Colin Wilson. Colin, we always appreciate your time on a college football Saturday. Thanks so much for coming on the show, as always. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Colin Wilson with us from the Action Network with us on CCT. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT. We're keeping everyone up to date, Chris, also on the news of the day. Adam Rittenberg's been all over it all day. West Virginia has suspended 11 football players for uh, the opener against Eastern Kentucky. The suspensions are not coronavirus-related. Uh, all are one-game suspensions for violating team rules. And then this story coming out about Georgia Southern, 33 players are out for Georgia Southern in the opener today. Yeah, and then also Virginia, Virginia Tech was uh, postponed over uh, COVID-19 cases and uh, protocols. So that game has been moved, even though it was scheduled. And then, uh, so we've seen that a couple different times over the course of this weekend. I think it's something we're just going to have to get used to, right? until Until you get to the stadium and both teams are there warming up, we don't know if these games will actually take place. Yeah, and I think that you're going to have to look at that each week when you're, you know, because we were just talking betting with with Colin Wilson. Like you have might have to wait to make some of these plays because ultimately the product on the field is going to be affected. Whether it's suspensions, but like West Virginia because of of off field violations or coronavirus, and we don't know. Like the, the we don't know if the Georgia Southern guy, the players that aren't dressing are because of corona testing or if it's because of. Uh, something else. So, you know, everybody's going to jump to the conclusion this year that it's COVID-19, right? When you see a player that's out, everyone's going to jump to that conclusion and you got to wait for that. Clemson will take on Wake Forest today. Uh, Clemson, uh, the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. Some thoughts now for Dabo Sweeney. He can't wait for his team to play. This is a a well-led team, a very smart team, and, uh, and it's an excited team, uh, and it's a committed team. And I can't wait to see them play, uh, you know, and get to do what they love to do, to be able to get back to doing something that they love. 
um, it's it's really exciting to be at this point. So uh, you know, uh, you know, see where we are. You know, it's the first game, obviously, and uh, it's an opener. Openers are always the toughest games to me, just because you really you have no tape. Uh, you're basing everything on last year, last year's schemes, last year's personnel. There's always new people that you have not seen any tape. Uh, you have more time to prepare for the first game than you do any other game. So to me, it's always the toughest game to, to get ready for. Um, but uh, we're excited about it. Then you're going on the road, man. You're going to a place at Wake. Uh, if you look at what they've done at home, they've been a very tough team to beat uh, at home. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you've got to start somewhere, and I want to see where we are and then see what we need to do uh, to improve. Uh, so, you know, it's just awesome that it's finally here. We don't go out there, we don't play the game anymore. We're going to get the game done. We're going to play some defense. We're going to play some defense. We're going to play some defense. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We're going to do one run the body. We're going to go dogs. Need to get schooled on the latest in the world of college football? ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. It's a whole new season with 76 teams playing in the fall and 54 others, or at least planning to give it a go in spring of 2021. We're talking about it here on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you. Also follow the show on Twitter at ESPN 1000 CCT. This is not a one-off. We're here uh, throughout the college football season, however long it goes. This show, by the way, usually is from September to the end of December. This may go until April. Of next year. Do we have clearance for that? <laughs> I think we might. If, if is Mike cool with that? Uh, okay. It's going to go on. We're going to be here together for a long time, apparently. Pre- Live before college football playoff <laughs> part two. <laughs> and, part opening, two. and opening day. Yeah, opening also day. Also opening day for some schools. <laughs> so We'll see what happens. Uh, some thoughts on Twitch, Chris. Yes, yeah, so if you watch the show on Twitch, ESPN 1000 Chicago is the channel. Uh, be small writes this in the chat. It is really nice to have college football back, but I feel like the elephant in the room is not being addressed. Madison just switched, so I assume he's a uh, Badger fan. Yeah. Uh, Madison just switched to virtual learning because of an outbreak. Reports are that if you've been around the downtown area in Madison, you've been exposed. And he goes on throughout the chat about how he thinks either we're not addressing uh, COVID-19 within the college football season or just college football overall doesn't think that they are addressing it properly where this could derail the whole thing. I feel like we have been addressing it. This entire college football season is under the context of if they can stay COVID-19 free, we will have football. If if COVID-19 takes over or takes out a team, then, yeah, obviously it will derail the season. I don't yeah. think it's an elephant in the room. No, absolutely not. We, we started the show that way talking about it because mm-hmm. it is a real thing. Obviously, it is uh, a little bit uneven because there's no Big Ten and Pac-12 because of COVID-19. My concern, Adam, is this, is that there is no bubble plan for college football like it is for the NBA and the National Hockey League. In the NFL, even with the NFL for week one starting, I'm also concerned about what the NFL looks like. Look, 
there's a lot of selfish people in this country, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, if I'm a football player, I'm doing whatever I can to stay healthy, go to practice, go home, go to practice, go home, and just make sure that I'm socially distant, making sure that I'm healthy for this. But on a college campus, as you've seen in the NBA and a few other places, some dudes are just going to do whatever they want to do. Like my, my regiment is to go play football, to practice, and go kick it and try to chase whatever I'm going to chase at the end of the night. But that's for some people. But you have to be able to change. And so the hope is, is that the majority – of these teams understand the importance of COVID-19 and so they can be healthy for every Saturday. See, I think that the the problem with what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are doing is the SEC said we're playing. The ACC is playing right now. Obviously, the Pac-12 or the, uh, the Big 12 is playing, you know, today as well. The problem with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 not playing is you've got kids now who, like in Madison, who are like, well, we're not playing anyway, so why can't I go to this party? You know, we're just practicing. Like, what difference does it make? And I'm not saying all kids are doing that, but you've got 100 and some odd people on a football team. You know, college football athletics has the largest amount of people per team than any other sport in the country, even even pro sports, right? Because you've got 100 kids, you've got entire staffs, you've got, quote, advisors and all this kind of stuff. And to me, if I'm not playing, there's going to be kids that are going to be out there that are saying, you know, your third string lineman that's not playing and doesn't have a chance to play this season anyway because you've told them the Big Ten's not going to play, well, why can't I go to this party? Why can't I go to this bar? Why can't I be out with my friends? We're not playing anyway. What difference does it make? So now you've set that back even further that if they do decide to play, you're going to have to go through this whole thing again. Like Ross Dellinger on Twitter um, reporting on Georgia Southern's situation, right? 33 players out today. It's a combination of suspensions, injuries, contact tracing, and positive cases. So, So not only do you have injuries and suspensions that you have to deal with, but now you have to deal with positive cases and then do the contact tracing and keep everybody that's been in contact with those positive cases out and then try to play a football game and hopefully no one else has it and doesn't transmit it to the other football team did you guys see the story that was trending yesterday on social media from i think it was either bloomberg or either business weekly about the university of illinois and how the university of illinois put in some of the absolute best testing protocols and precautions Mm -hmm. and just covid19 protocols that get students back on campus and the article was They did everything they could, and really the reality is when you get all of these people back in one spot intermingling with each other, you can't really stop COVID-19. So, like, the entire article was that the University of Illinois did everything they can, but they are finding that it is so difficult to keep COVID-19 out of the student population when people start going to parties, start going to other people's dorm rooms and start mixing when you're not just kind of going to your class, coming back to your room and just kind of keeping a low profile. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at it as the elf in the room. It's also the harsh reality of living life in 2020 is that the more people you come in contact with, the more your, your percentage chances are that you may run into someone who has run into someone 
who has COVID-19. And that's just kind of the harsh reality of what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you here on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So, Adam, you know, it's interesting for you and I as SEC fans, as those, you know, representing Alabama and Georgia, that we will be able to go dogs to be able to take a look now at the uh, SEC season because we're not used to so, like, head-to-head action so often, right? Yeah. This will even give juice to the SEC that we'll be able to see head-to-head action, no fluff, no warm-up games at the beginning or like that game before the big game at the end of the regular season. No Citadel. Now straight through, right? Uh, it's it's going to be very interesting. No Citadel this year. Clemson plays the Citadel next week, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I look at Alabama's schedule. Missouri, Texas A&M, Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas. Like, yeah, there's a few tough games, but Missouri is not tough. Tennessee not tough. Well, you know what well, I mean? Well, first, Missouri's not a, an SEC school. Well, yeah, but you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but they never belong. <laughs> no. But have you seen their schedule? Oh my God, who did they Missouri? piss? Who did they piss off? Yeah, no, I haven't really. Do you ever looked at not the non SEC? Uh, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Vanderbilt, Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State. It's like nine losses on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee's gonna be a lot better. Yeah, I think so. But to me, yeah, you're right. And I think that that's why, you know, if you have a like this goes back to the Notre Dame conversation where if you have a Notre Dame team that has two losses and those losses are both to Clemson and you have an Alabama team that, you know, is undefeated or you have an Auburn team that has one loss and that's to Alabama or a Georgia team that has one loss and that's to Alabama or even an Alabama team that has one loss and that's to Georgia or someone like that you're more than likely to get a one-loss team like that in the playoff because of how tough the SEC schedule is this year for those schools. You see what I just did? What would you do? You see what I just did? What would you do? As you were going through the schedule, I was like, well, let me take a look at that Missouri schedule. And I got the Phil Steele magazine. Yeah, you got to look at the. I told you to print out the updated schedules. I told you to print it's, out the updated schedules. It's such a mess this it's, year. It's, it's, it's amazing. You. Look, yeah. he gave them to you. There's a yeah. quick link. Updated. Yeah. Color-coded yeah. and everything. They're right there. See, Adam? Like, but it's the old habit, right? Like, oh, well, you know, if, Here, if Adam's going through the schedule, let me, let me give a, it to you. Here, let, let, let me give it to you. It's at Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, at Alabama, at Kentucky, break, Florida, at Missouri, Mississippi State, outs at South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Grandpa's got the magazine, though. It has a different schedule. No, so you got to print them out like, no, the, like but, the slightly younger grandpa. No, but no, no, but my Finger Hut magazine says something different. More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Roll Tide. ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Look at this crowd. Well in excess of 80,000 will pack into Death Valley tonight. Lawrence with a pump fake. Looking for the back left corner of the end zone for T. Higgins. He's got another. Now they can play a little safer, but they're not going to. Nicks is back. Throws it downfield. On the right, fake to Armstrong, run, book five, book Prior in motion, they hand it off, Taylor, how about this? Got it to Taylor! All the way to the end zone, touchdown, 44 yards! On the run, pressure from behind, and that's where Nick Saban is thinking with Mac Jones. And two is down, his helmet came off. 
This is exactly what you did not want to see happen. It is my pleasure to announce the 2019 winner and 85th recipient of the Heisman Memorial Trophy is Joe Burrow. Louisiana State University. Can you imagine if the other coach gives me the keys to his football program? I sure hope they give him a lifetime contract. We'll tell you. The college football playoff semifinals begin at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Burrow feels the rush so well and throws for a touchdown. Terrace Marshall. Burrow deep again on target again. Jefferson again. Touchdown again. He wants a rushing touchdown and he has it. He's thrown for seven and now he's rushed for one. And welcome to the Silver Spaceship in the Arizona Desert. The college football playoff semifinals at the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Dobbins in the clear. Off to the races. Can they run it down? They cannot. Touchdown, Ohio State. It's the ETN. Can he get the edge? No, he's turned back, but does well and scores. Damn, he got that was all Travis ETN on his own. Lawrence took a big downfield, had a lot of room. we are ready for the college football playoff national championship game in collision of unbeaten LSU unbeaten Clemson Second down. Lawrence has still got it. He's got a stand-up touchdown. And the Clemson Tigers draw first blood in the Superdome. Now Burrow going to launch downfield for Chase. Who's got it? Touchdown, LSU. Burrow from the pocket. Launches to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Chase. Burrow's got time. Launching for the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown, Terrence Marshall. As they say in the bayou, let the good times roll. LSU sits on the throne of college football. Go Tigers. The CCT scoreboard on ESPN 1000. Good to hear the sounds of college football last year. And here we are, week two for 2020. We'll give you a quick CCT scoreboard with Chris Black. Second quarter action in Chapel Hill, North Carolina leads by four over Syracuse, seven to three, seven minutes in the second quarter, closer than the experts think Uh for the East Coast media elite, the Syracuse (whistles) media people. That's their name. That's their nickname. Uh, Louisiana and Iowa State. Iowa State finally scores seven, nothing, four minutes left in the second quarter there. Appalachian State and Charlotte tied at seven. In the second quarter, 10 minutes in the second quarter there. Uh, West Virginia leads Eastern Kentucky 21-7, 10-43 left in the second quarter. And also Kansas State over Arkansas State, 14-7, 13-29 left in the second quarter. And that's the college scoreboard here on CCT. Glad that you're with us here on Chicago's College tel- Tailgate. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you here on ESPN 1000. You can follow the show on Twitter at ESPN 1000 CCT for Chicago's College Tailgate. We're here before every Notre Dame game. Notre Dame 
starts their season against Duke. That's a 12.30 pregame, one thirty kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. We always put money in your pocket during our college football show. And once again, we roll out our Saturday night specials. It's time to put money in your pocket. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? It's the Saturday night special. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners, and I know the winners. It's time to put money in your pocket. It's the Saturday night special on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. All right, place your bets. Saturday Night Specials here on CCT. By the way, I like how some of these cheerleaders are socially distanced. They, they cover up the uh, the empty seats. They, like, stand in, like, a pyramid, like the top cheerleaders, like, like the top row. And yeah. they just kind of just, it's like one and then, like, two and, like, three. They find a way to be creative to cover up those empty seats in these stadiums across the country. Chris. Hey, did you see uh, College Game Day earlier today on ESPN? They, they had people out there socially distanced at Wake Forest. I like it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, college football's back. I like, the, I like the band taking up an entire half yeah, of the field. Why like, not? It's it's like okay, all right. Come on, I mean, Let's timing's got to be a little bit off, but that's okay. We put money in your pocket for Saturday night specials, and I will start off first. Let's start, Adam. Why don't we take a look at uh, Danny Zetterman's Kansas Jayhawks Uh-oh. against the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers? Yes, the Chanticleers. You know, <laughs> what monitor is that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I that's no, the only no, late To be tonight. fair, yes, yeah. to be fair, that is it's a, a prime game, right? matchup. That yeah. is a prime matchup because there's nothing else. That's an FS1 yeah. game, right? As yeah. a t- Tim Brando special? Yeah. All right, so let's take a look now at Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, a phony rooster against uh, Kansas. So Kansas lost to the Chanticleers last year. Puka Williams, a running back, uh, really looks good for Kansas. But here's the thing. Kansas reportedly also had a COVID outbreak. Did you read this, Adam, that they had some issues early on? I don't know how many players they'll have back, but the Chanticleers, I think they are are definitely stacked on the offensive line. Uh, You know, even though the Chanticleers beat Kansas 12-7, I believe that was last year, a little afraid. I think Kansas is a little bit better than they were last year in our less miles. Um, but I like the under. Give me the under 56 okay. and a half. Okay. Can you eat grass? Is uh, that okay? Yeah. How's the Hatter doing? Get a little better. Get a little better. But give me the under 56 and a half. Write this down, Tyler. Write down our picks because we'll forget. Uh, lock it up. <laughs> Go right ahead, Adam. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we are leading you into walking you up to Notre Dame pregame coverage beginning at 1230 mm-hmm. and kickoff at 130 against the Duke Blue Devils. No, SP Plus has this game as Notre Dame minus 24. Andy, you know Notre Dame was a 20-point favorite last year three oh. times. They won those games 66-14, to 52-10, and 40-17. to 17. They averaged seven yards per carry. And what did we hear from Pete? That they, oh, that they... Brought back all of their offensive linemen. Mm, yeah. yeah, ball control, my friend. Yep. Ball control. Rainy Duke, track. Duke, awful uh, on offense. Give me Notre Dame minus 21 and the hook. 21 and a half. Minus 21 and a half for Notre Dame. Lock it up. Lock it. Lock it up. All right, guys. My first pick. Uh, let's go to 7 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Uh-oh. Longhorn Network uh, featuring UTEP 
at Texas. The line is <laughs> minus 43. It's oh, a God. 7 o'clock game. Uh, something I want to point out with Texas oh, heading into this season. Um, oh, wait, oh, wait. Are they back? Hold on a second. Is that- Texas is back, folks. Yes, thank you. Uh, Tom Herman brings in Mike y- Urich, who was the passing game coordinator for Ohio State last year yeah. under Justin Fields. Yeah. Fields was responsible for 51 touchdowns, third most in college football last season. Sam Ellinger is the quarterback for Texas. He is going to be a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Let's look for Texas to put up some points. Yeah. Texas is back. I'm taking uh, the Longhorns minus the 43. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Let's, let's get things started. Yes. So many Minus points. Minus the 43. I was waiting yes. for the black swerve there, yes. though. No, no. Straight on. Do you guys, you guys, huh? You guys know. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you do know that I went like 4-0 with UTEP last year, right? Yeah, I remember. You yeah. Were, I'm yeah. A, I was a hot streak with UTEP. The oh. Roadrunners, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, no, I know. Uh, they won well, last week, and it em. actually dropped their football power index. Hook them. Yeah. Hook them. Texas back tonight by at least 43. <laughs> okay. All right. I thought I was waiting for the swerve there. I was looking for the plus 43 there in that spot as we give you our Saturday night specials. Let's see what else we have here. Boy, what a slate. Uh, how about Tulane? Can we do Tulane? If Tulane was ever going to take uh, this game lightly, right, against uh, South Alabama, uh, you would think that was, was going to be the case, but it went out the window after South Alabama cranked out a shocking 33-21 win against Southern Miss. Uh, that was actually more dominant than the final score. The Green Wave secondary isn't going to be fantastic, but it's going to uh, allow a lot of big plays. South Alabama bombed away and kept pushing the ball last week. Green Wave, their lines, offensive and defense, is going to be a whole lot better. The offense will do more to move the chains. The defense won't give up any big plays in this. Give me Tulane minus 10 against South Alabama. Lock it up. Adam? Uh, Jonathan, what what would you you would you say the the track in Notre Dame was going to be like sloppy, a little sloppy, a little sloppy track, a little sloppy track? Give me the under fifty one and a half. Straightforward. I like that. Uh, I my, just gave you all the reasons. Like no, I, I gave know, you, I, agree. I gave you all the yes. reasons when I said Notre Dame before. So it's same same reasons. Just move that. But the under what was the number? Fifty one and a half. Under fifty one. And a half. Right. And a half. And the hook. Yeah, because if it's fifty one, I want that hook. All right. I like <laughs> why slim pickings in week two, everybody. But we put we're putting money in your pocket. Uh, slim pickings, but I've got a lot of exposure yeah. out there today. I don't know, early, like early, early, yeah, yeah, early. There's no I, question. Early. Shout out to Syracuse, keeping things close. Just keep it within thirty, Tyler. Just keep it within thirty. Oh, yeah. I mean, look out. Part of a fourteen no teaser this morning. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, now. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Stop stop keeping it close. Closer. Yeah, keep it close, man. What happened to all these? They're not playing anybody. They don't have yeah. any guys available. Yeah. yeah. Half their team's gone. That's a Dino Baber yeah. coach team, son. Yeah. East Coast Media Elite. Uh I'm gonna go with uh Citadel at South Florida tonight <laughs> at six o'clock on ESPNU. Is, is it me? On ESPNU. On <laughs> uh, WCIU. <laughs> South Florida will put it on the Citadel. Uh, 18 and a half is the number. I'm taking South Florida minus the 18 and a half. Boy. Um, well, that's where we are, everybody. How about Georgia Tech, Florida State? 
So the last time these two teams met, it was epic, right? In 2015, with the score tied at 16, Florida State went for a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. It was blocked. Georgia Tech's Lance Austin picked it up, and he took it back for a game-winning touchdown to break the Seminole run of 35 wins in 36 games. The only loss came in a college football playoff in that Rose Bowl to Oregon. This won't be as good. Um, so Mike Norvell, the new head coach for Florida State, he's going to you know really look – to hit some home runs early offensively. They're going to pull away more than likely late in the first half. The defense, though, is active enough to hang in there. Uh, but I'm more positive, Adam, about their offense than their defense. Yeah, a little closer. Like Georgia Tech plus the 12 and a half against Florida State. Lock that up. How about that? How about it? Uh, Clemson heads to Lake Forest. or Wait, Lake Forest. That'd be great. Wake Forest uh, this evening. Uh, they, prime time matchup. Prime time matchup. ABC. On ABC, they are a 33-and-a-half point favorite. Mm-hmm. Clemson losing some uh, mm-hmm. some firepower. They still got, Listen, they mm-hmm. still have a lot of great players. They still have a lot of... But I don't know what Wake Forest is going to be doing here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Wake Forest is going to be able to score against Clemson. Oh. Give me the under 58-and-a-half in Clemson, Wake Forest, or Lake Forest, however you want to see it. Clemson against Lake Forest, under 58-and-a-half. You'll, yep. be, you'll be watching that in the end. You'll be watching the whole game. Yep. <laughs> you can hold on to your ass there. Under the, Why under... is Trevor Lawrence still in there? They're on 50. What are you doing? Careful now. Uh, under 58 and a half. Yeah. Got it. Better go with Wake, Herbie. All right. Wake over Lake. Uh, all right. Here, Here's my, uh, well, I mean, I'm just saying, just giving it, just making sure Herbie's right. Did he pick that game? Boy, that's Did six, Herbie pick the boy, game? I don't that's know. six days a week kicking your ass, isn't it? I can tell. <laughs> These six shows. <laughs> Welcome to it. <laughs> Word salad. You're just trying to get to the weekend. I've been uh, I've been there. Western Kentucky <laughs> at Louisville, seven o'clock on the ACC These network. Get to you, buddy. Well, I mean, wait, it's Herbie's Herbie's game. Clemson Wake Forest. Yeah. Listen, he was very anti Pac-12 last year, and I have not forgot that. I hear you. So take that. Um, what the what? <laughs> Still waiting for the pick. The, the number is 12 and a half. Uh, Louisville is the favorite in this contest. Uh, two coaches who are in their second season. And we saw Louisville. Uh, they were pretty decent last year, eight and five. Uh, they were 24th in the country rushing the football. Points against their defense, pretty good. 20th, only giving up 33.8 points per game last season for Louisville. But guys... Western Kentucky last year went nine and four. I'm going the other way. A little black swerve for you, Jonathan. Ooh, wait, wait, Take wait. the points. Western Kentucky plus the 12 and a half against the Cardinals. Uh, Louisville will, uh, this game will be closer than the experts think. I take Western Kentucky plus the 12 and a half. I love that. That's good stuff right there. And that's our Saturday night specials right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, Lincoln Riley with thoughts next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000, Chicago College Tailgate Show with Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Adam and Chris with you. 
We will build a bridge to Notre Dame football as they take on Duke 1230 pregame and 130 kick right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. We'll be back with you uh, for week three. We're back next Saturday, same time, 1030 to 1230 Central Time right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, So what about Oklahoma? What about Lincoln Riley, right? Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma Sooners, could they be in the mix for the uh, national championship? They take on, was it Missouri State? Yep. Take on Missouri State mm-hmm. today. Lincoln Riley talking about taking on Petri- Coach Petrino. The head coach that I have a ton of respect for, uh, you know, has obviously had some had some elite moments in his career, he coached some elite players. Um, so, you know, we, we certainly have a ton of respect for any football team that, that Bobby Petrino is the head coach of and, and know he's going to, uh, do some great things at Missouri State. So, you know, with that, you know, the added challenge of, uh, you know, new, uh, you know, new schemes, um, you know, new team, uh, team that's brought in uh, a lot of transfers, uh, a lot of new players on both sides of the ball. So there's certainly some some relative uh, unknown with that. And uh, that'll be one of the challenges. It, it always is a little bit in the in the first game each year, but you know, probably a little bit more because of the the situation with an entirely new staff uh, on both sides of the ball. So, uh, but uh, again, tremendous respect for for Coach Petrino, what he's done. Uh, he's got some really good football players on that team. They brought in some really talented guys uh, from outside. So. Uh, we're, we'll be excited to welcome him here uh, 6 o'clock Saturday night. So thoughts there from Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, Chris? If you're like, wait, wait, who was that? Yes, Bobby Petrino is back coaching college football. That Bobby Petro- Petrino. Neck brace and all. Yeah, neck brace and all. Um, so, yeah, for Oklahoma, here, here's the deal, right? When we look ahead at the college football playoff, obviously it's a strange year because of the conferences that are not participating, but – we can all kind of assume the favorites, the heavy favorites from the three conferences that are playing that you will see Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma. Those are going to be the heavy favorites to theoretically win their conferences and get into the college football playoff. And then it's basically everyone else is playing for that fourth spot. I would argue that that is not much different than what we've seen the last couple of years when we've been hosting this show, Mm -hmm. Chicago's College Tailgate. Oklahoma has been in the national championship conversation for the last couple of years. Once again, Lincoln Riley will take a new quarterback and try and turn him into a Heisman candidate, if not Heisman winner, with that offense and we'll see if the Sooners will will win the Big 12, get into the college football playoff, and if Lincoln Riley can finally win a national championship. Yeah, and I think that that other team in the conversation, that fourth team, would be Ohio State or Notre Dame if this was a normal year and they weren't playing a, a, um, a, a regular an ACC schedule. But if you look at the college football power index on ESPN, they've got it set up where Clemson's number one, Alabama's number two, Georgia... Auburn and LSU, Florida, Texas, and then you get to Oklahoma as eighth in the football power index rankings. Not who's going to make the playoff, but just the football power index rankings. But we all kind of assume that if Oklahoma goes undefeated, they're going to be in the college football playoff. But but the question is, like, how long do we have to wait for the Big Ten and Pac-12? Like, there's got to be... See, that's why you need a commissioner, because there's a cutoff date. Like, if you're not going to be involved, this is what we're going to go with. Right? Yeah, you can't play six games and then be in the college football playoff, right? Oh, yeah, or, or, for sure. Or we can't end our regular season and wait for you to finish your regular season. This, this ain't no. the St. Louis Cardinals. We, no. we, we ain't got time for you to be playing Well, they've set the college up. football committee has set the date that they're going to do the final rankings. 
And that's when they'll do that. If you're not in, you're not done with your season by the final rankings, you've not played enough games, tough. Yeah, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, unless they start within the next two weeks, they're not going to have enough games finished by that point. They could start middle of October, I think, because you've got enough games. The SEC schedule is well, set out. two months. That only gets you eight games. Eight I mean, games is going to be enough to make I, the college football playoff? Not I, for me. If I'm college football, I can't wait for you no. to decide whether or not you're going to play or not. No. You can have your own tournament. Right, because yeah. isn't the first ranking for the college football playoff at the end of November? Yeah, I believe so. Or like that first weekend of December? Yeah, well, because the final one is December 20th. Right. So, I mean, it, okay, so say the Big Ten, Pac-12, they decide to play, and they start October, the first weekend of October, to get to Thanksgiving, that's only like seven weekends. So that's only you're only going to play seven games. How could you compare a team who is – Six and one, seven and zero mm-hmm. oh in the Big Ten to a team in the SEC that has a full slate of games, or a team like Clemson, Notre Dame, those other teams that are in the conversation. You just wouldn't be afforded the same luxuries that the SEC and the Big Twelve and the ACC have, where you have multiple bye weeks and you also have two weeks before your championship game. Yeah. So you just have to play because you could get enough games in and still do it by the December twentieth date, but you would have to have no stoppages. You would have to just keep playing in order to get 10 games in like the SEC is, like the Big 12 is, and like the ACC is. Quickly, a thought on the Big 12. Oklahoma's the heavy favorite. What do you guys think of Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor? Do any of those teams have a shot to beat out Oklahoma as the best team in the Big 12? Iowa, I, uh, Iowa State I, has a shot. That was uh, Chris from, Felica's big pick this weekend. Was uh, it was the odds? I think they were twenty to one. The bear to pick the uh, to pick Iowa State to upset and yeah. win the Big Twelve. Matt Campbell's a good head coach, so mm-hmm. I could see that. That's just, it's an outside shot, I would say, but I think Oklahoma is the would be my heavy favorite. No love for Mike Gundy. How's that mullet doing? He'll, I mean, he'll always have a nice season, but yeah. always I lose games that he's not supposed to lose late. Mm-hmm. So that's why I Oklahoma like is number one on that list as we now transition into the Heisman watch right here on CCT. It's college football's highest honor. From now on, your name will be followed by the words Heisman, Heisman Trophy, Trophy winner. Will be the Heisman. Along with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Here's Jonathan Hood. Chris? All right, guys. So uh, week, this is really the first official week of college football with some of the big conference schools playing. So let's take a look at the odds on DraftKings for the Heisman Trophy winner this year. Obviously, the number one player, the the player with the highest, the lowest odds to win is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, We all knew coming into the season, it would be between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Ohio State is not playing, Mm -hmm. so it it leaves Trevor Lawrence on his own. Can I give you some names who have some some bigger odds to win and whether or not you guys think that they have a shot to win the Heisman Trophy? Spencer Rattler, the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, he's plus 700. Mm Mm-hmm. The Eric King, the quarterback at Miami, plus 800. JT Daniels, ugh, plus 1,000. He is now, in, and I say the ugh because I was, uh, I'm a USC fan. He was the quarterback at USC. He transferred to Georgia. Georgia's top quarterback is not playing this season. So JT Daniels likely to step in and be the starter for the Bulldogs. Good Your day. thoughts. Good. Your thoughts, sir. Now you get JT Daniels. Uh, uh, good, Enjoy it. Good, good to have a, a real quarterback in there for uh, once. Well, Best of luck with that. I'm uh, t- I, you, is he healthy? You, you want to compare the two? 
Fromm and him? I, well, I well, yeah, okay. Seriously. Maybe a little bit better than Seriously. Fromm. Seriously. I'll oh, give you, you that. Are kidding me? Uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson, running back. Could a running back get in there at plus 1,400? Uh, what about Najee Harris? Where's Najee? Najee Harris is uh, plus 2,200. Um, Ian Book, plus 2,000. Sam Howell, uh, plus 2,000. Some of the other names at the top of the board when it comes to the Heisman Trophy. We thank you for listening and being part of our program here on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Our thanks to Tyler Akee on the other side of the glass. Don't forget, next Saturday, another edition of Chicago's College Tailgate right here on ESPN 1000. We'll be with you at 1030 before Notre Dame Fighting Irish Football. For Chris Black and Adam Abdallah, this is Jonathan Hood. It is now time for Notre Dame football as they get the job done against Duke right here on the home of the Irish, ESPN 1000, and, of course, the ESPN Chicago app.